Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, on the heels of our last series, God's prophetic timeline, His calendar of last day's events, we are beginning a new study entitled The Prophecy of the Week of Millenniums which is taken from a commentary written for Lamb and Lion Ministries. Within it is held much insight that I believe is worth sharing, especially as it pertains to the prophetic timeline that Jehovah God instituted before the foundation of the world, and which is pressing toward its culmination with accelerating speed. The Lord is very specific in all that He wills to do, knowing the end from the beginning. And by his word, he makes known his ways to those who will seek him for wisdom, understanding, and discernment. In Proverbs 2, 6-8, it is written, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he watches over the way of his godly ones. And in Isaiah 33, 6, he will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Now more than ever, we need the Lord's wisdom and understanding, especially as His prophetic word of truth unfolds before us, and the last things He has already determined will be are being evidenced in real-time momentum. Knowing how close we truly are to these final prophetic realities should keep us not only in a position of readiness, but should also stir us to be all the more purposed to be His sacred ambassadors of His unadulterated word of truth that alone will lead the lost into the safe haven of salvation's promise in Jesus Christ the Lord. And this may be a good place to begin the Lamb and Lion commentary on the prophecy of the week of millenniums where they write. The scriptures contain an implied prophecy that strongly suggests that we are the terminal generation, the one that will experience the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. But before we take a look at it, let's consider a fact that many Christians seem unaware of. You may or may not know that there is a prophecy in the Old Testament that clearly establishes the season of the Lord's first coming. It is found in the book of Daniel, in chapter 9, beginning with verse 24. It is usually referred to as the prophecy of the 70 weeks of years. The name of the prophecy comes from the fact that Daniel prophesies that certain events will occur among the Jewish people over a period of 490 years, or 70 weeks of years. He states very clearly that the Messiah would come before the end of 483 of these years. The question then that immediately emerges is what is the starting point for the countdown of these years? Daniel answers that question in chapter 9 and verse 25 by saying that the countdown would begin with the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. After the Babylonian Empire was overthrown by the Medes and the Persians, three Persian kings issued edicts regarding the return of the Jews to their homeland. 
The first came in 538 B.C., when Cyrus authorized Zerubbabel to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, as recorded in Ezra 1, 1-3. The second, issued by Artaxerxes in 457 B.C., gave Ezra permission to reinstitute the temple services, appoint judges, and teach the law, as recorded in Ezra 7, 11 to 26. In 445 B.C., Artaxerxes issued a decree for Nehemiah to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and its walls, as recorded in Nehemiah 2, 1 to 8. On the surface, the third decree, the one issued to Nehemiah, seems to be the most obvious candidate for the starting date of the prophecy, for it is the only one that specifically relates to the rebuilding of the city. For that reason, most commentators have selected it as the beginning of the 70 weeks of years. Using 445 B.C. as the starting point, experts on biblical chronology have concluded that the terminal point of the 483 years would be 27 A.D. at the earliest and 33 A.D. at the latest. The differences depend on whether you calculate using solar years or 360-day lunar years. The point, of course, is that Jesus Christ was born around 4 to 6 B.C., and thus his arrival fits the prophecy, since his birth occurred before the latest possible terminal point of the prophecy. And this fact presents a major problem to the Jews, since they deny that Jesus is the Messiah. However, if he was not, then how can they explain a way that the Messiah was born within Daniel's prophetic time period? After all, they recognized Daniel as a legitimate prophet of God. The major point that must be made, however, is that Daniel's prophecy clearly revealed the season of the Lord's first coming. And in like manner, there are prophecies in both the Old and the New Testaments that reveal the season of the Lord's second coming as well not the exact date, but the general season. In Matthew twenty four twenty two, Jesus himself said that the season would be known. And as we study these prophecies with the Holy Spirit guiding and instructing us, we will be given a very strong confirmation that they point to our day and time, with underscored validity that we are the terminal generation. One of the most important of these prophecies is one that is implied in the Genesis account of creation, as found in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2, where it is written that, By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. The Genesis account, which consists of six days of labor, followed by one day of rest, is God's template for time that is repeated over and over throughout the scriptures. Consider the following evidence. First, the week of days, six days of labor, followed by a Sabbath of rest. Second, the week of weeks, seven weeks or 49 days between Passover and the Feast of Pentecost, concluding with a Sabbath day of rest. Third, the week of months, the seven months containing the seven feasts of Israel, beginning with Passover in the spring and concluding with the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, which is a celebration of rest from the agricultural labors of the year. Fourth, the week of years, 
seven years followed by a Sabbath year, when the land is allowed to rest from cultivation. Fifth, the week of weeks of years. Forty-nine years leading up to the celebration in the fiftieth year of the Jubilee, which was also to be a year of rest. Sixth, the week of the millenniums. The idea that six thousand years of human labor and strife will be followed by one thousand years of rest during the millennial reign of the Messiah. The last example that was given is the theme of this article. It is a concept that some Jews and Christians have agreed upon for the past 2,000 years. In fact, there is evidence that the concept predates the founding of the Jewish people with the call of Abraham. References to the 7,000-year theory can be found in writings attributed to Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation from Adam and was Noah's great-grandfather. Portions of at least ten quotes from the Book of Enoch were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. These writings are not canonical, but there is a quotation from them in the New Testament book of Jude, in verses 14 to 15. It decries the second coming of the Messiah, pointing out that, according to Enoch, the Messiah will one day come in judgment to pour out the wrath of God on unholy sinners. We know from other non-biblical sources that the second book of Enoch stated that there would be 7,000 years of history and that the beginning of the 8,000th year would mark the start of the eternal state, as recorded in Second Enoch 33.1. Whether these writings date from the time of Enoch or were written later by someone using his name, they indicate that the idea of 7,000 years of human history on this earth is a very old tradition. The oldest existing Jewish reference to the week of millenniums is probably the one found in the Talmud, which references a statement attributed to the prophetic school established by the prophet Elijah, where it is stated in Sanhedrin 97a, 6,000 years is the duration of the world, in which 2,000 of the 6,000 years are characterized by chaos. 2,000 years are characterized by Torah, from the era of the patriarchs until the end of the Mishnaic period, and 2,000 years are the period of the coming of the Messiah, end quote. This concept is echoed in a 10th century A.D. Midrash called Tanadive Eliyahu. It reads as follows, The world is to exist 6,000 years. In the first 2,000, there was desolation with no Torah, from Adam to Abraham. The next 2,000 years, the Torah flourished, and the next 2,000 years is the Messianic era. He should have come at the beginning of the last 2,000 years, but the delay was due to our sins, end quote. Of course, the Messiah did come at the beginning of the last 2,000 years, but he was not recognized by the Jewish people. This concept of 6,000 years of human toil and conflict, followed by 1,000 years of rest, is still alive among the Jewish rabbis and is still being taught by them. Take, for example, Rabbi Baruch S. Davidson of Brooklyn, New York, who is a writer for Chabad, an Orthodox Jewish Hasidic movement. When asked about the 7,000-year theory, he replied, The Talmud tells us that this world, as we know it, will last for 6,000 years, with a seventh millennium ushering in the cosmic Sabbath, 
the Messianic era. Six days a week we work, and on the Sabbath we rest and enjoy the fruits of our labor. The same is true with millenniums, end quote. The widespread acceptance of the 7,000-year concept among Jewish sages today is illustrated by the fact that the idea is accepted across the many divides held within Judaism, including the rational Talmud and the mystical Kabbalah perspectives. And this is where we must pause for now. In our next segment, we'll pick up where we left off today with the prophecy of the week of millenniums. Until then, I leave you with Second Peter 3.8. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And, as always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.